welcome. It's Lights Out F1 Bets and F1 Capper with you today for another interview as part of our summer break series, where we interview various people from the F1 and sports betting worlds. We're pumped to have one of our earliest F1 Twitter friends joining us today, the Logan Sargent of F1 Podcasts, Achintya from America's own Fifth Wheel Podcast. Starting out in March of 2022, the Fifth Wheel Podcast has already posted 63 episodes as they reach the midpoint of their second full season, and the show is known for hosting some spicy Twitter spaces and posting wittier replies than us to mainstream F1 accounts. The show also features a gambling corner where they donate host podium bets to their favorite sports book. Catch Andrew, Achintya, Jay, and Doug's podcast every race week and find the Fifth Wheel Podcast on all major socials. Welcome to the show, Achintya. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. Uh, I absolutely agree. It's been a we've been kind of been on contact in social media since the very beginning, and quite a few people haven't made it, so like survived the whole uh, year and a half. So happy to be here. Uh, that's you know right. What? Man. I, I got to say that that Haas thing that was perfect because I think that's how I first got to know you guys was we were doing the spaces and you guys were loving Haas that one weekend. <laughs> Yeah, tough look. Um, I, I don't know why we would say such a thing, but uh, you know, every now and then you got to have some. It's got to be interesting, you know. Everyone says the same thing, same five things. You know, you got to say something different. So, oh, I loved it. I loved it. I mean, we 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 diverted from the Lewis Hamilton, Max Verstappen stuff, and we talked about Haas. I mean, who does that? The fifth yeah. wheel, of course. Yeah, that's us. <laughs> Call us in whenever you want to talk about something different. So, <laughs> you guys were in the neighborhood. Magnuson got that poll in Brazil. Is there any chance you guys were on that? I'm trying to remember. Um, I don't know if we managed to predict that one, but I'll be honest. I don't think anyone did, including Magnuson himself. So, yeah. <laughs> you know, we, we probably missed out on that one. And I don't think we've been super, super good with Haas recently. We kind of just assume that they're not going to have points, which uh, I'm looking at the point tallies and that's usually a pretty fair bet. So <laughs> it's tough, but it is mm -hmm. what it is. Yeah. Yeah, for sure, man. So you guys are in, you know, your second full season, as we mentioned off the hop there. Bit of a drag. Red Bull has owned the entire season. But just overall, how's it been going for you guys so far this year? You know, I think it's been really interesting. Um, the way we've kind of broken down at least our conversations in our group chat is let's just kind of erase Max and then take a look at everything from second onwards. And if you look at it that way, this is a really interesting season. And I'm sure I'd love to hear like what y'all's takes have been, especially because y'all have like a really interesting way to track your bets. Like we we kind of do some betting here and there, but this season's been a bit difficult to keep up with it. But it's really hard to predict who's going to be the second fastest team like every weekend. Like it's not ever a consistent team. I feel like it changes every weekend. So yep. yeah, I feel like uh, y'all maybe seen the the tougher end of that trying to make some money off of it. But yeah, no, I I completely agree, man, and I've echoed that. Think countless times on our podcast week in week out um i know as like new fans are coming in right there or have come in last year even you know everyone's always going to be focused on who wins but in motorsports i mean it's always hard to win a race but the fact of the matter is is you're going to have an f1 a dominant driver we've seen it decade of, oh, even before that and i keep trying to stress if you just move away from max verstappen number one watch everything else and even just the bottom feeders and seeing what's happened there it makes it more exciting but i get it for some of the new fans that are coming in it will take them some time to adapt so yeah it's just that you know winner's mentality i think like when you watch most sports events in america you know who the winner is at the end of the game right we don't have ties yeah. we don't have any of that you know going on so you know 
at the end of the day that someone walks away and, and it's very clear. And so when you kind of try and apply that logic to F1, where you have 20 competitors on track, mm-hmm. yeah, you're, it's not really going to pay off as well, especially when you have, which I, I think it's interesting, by the way, uh, I think there was, there've been a lot of quotes that have been going out in the, uh, you know, it's kind of summer break, but the Red Bull performance engineer, I want to say was out recently saying that they don't think that they built a great car. They think they built a good car which is kind of concerning because it's like, well, what do they have cooking for next year? Uh, but the way they describe it, and if you look at it too, you know, with Perez, like it's never a guarantee that they are the fastest car every weekend, at least in qualifying. So I don't know, maybe there's some merit there, but again, yeah, if you just look off the results, if you look up ESPN and you see that Max is like, what, a hundred, sorry, damn near 200 points or 150 points ahead of his teammate. Yeah. It's uh, it's tough. Well, I say that about motorsports in general, just it, it's a hard sport to get into if you've never been around it ever, like yeah. ever in your life. Um, and I know most might get into it in the way we've brought the attention through the betting style, right? There, there have been people that just latched on through betting. Uh, but in general, just, I mean, even my wife was one that I never thought would even consider thinking about watching a race with me ever. And there she is. She was enjoying just drive to survive made it even more uh more eventful for her so obviously she doesn't sit every weekend and watch it but sure. I, I think just motorsports in general is a it's a sport that's not going to be easy to grasp and when you see the winners constantly winning yeah it's it's diluted a little bit and let me add this before we move on because i'm kind of curious what y'all think as, as people that are really into the betting side of f1 one of the reasons why we haven't done as much of like looking at some of the odds is that you know, when we sit down to create like our different bets, we kind of come up with things that are outside of like what bookies usually put out there. There's, it's really easy to do like a head to head or like maybe like a top six finish or something for a team. But do you all feel like that's something that is expanding or that's something that kind of limits the betting scope in F1 where you can't, there are a lot of ways where you just can't do a quite comparison between, you know, two different drivers and two different teams or something like that. That's a great question. Yeah. Like there's a guy in our discord that just reminds us like you can just bet max to win and you'll get rich. You guys know that. Right. And we're, <laughs> we're trying to big brain it. Cause it's like two to one odds, three to one odds. Like it pays out like, you know, 30%. So any F1 technical fans like, okay, well, there's always a DNF risk or like max is bound to mistake, make a mistake at one time. Right. Um, but what we've seen this year, it's definitely gotten the books have gotten sharper compared to last year. Uh, mm-hmm. So we've had to get creative too on sprint weekends. It seems like the bookies screw something up. Like they'll take a race line and apply it to sprint or vice versa. So if you're sharp and you're in the discord, like watching all the other guys that are scoping out all these lines, usually, usually the bookie can't, they can't cover all the ground. They screw up somewhere or um, capper will probably talk more about this, but you know, we're starting to get into IndyCar a little bit more too. It it feels like how F1 felt last last year where you can actually like team up Tenny and look at the lines, figure out how off the bookies are. And you just know it's one guy with limited data on the other side, making the line. And, and if you, you know, break it down technically with track fit driver, who's feeling hot, tire choice, all that good stuff, you can usually find some value. Is that fair? Yeah. Yeah, no, I think totally spot on. And I, I think that the, there's definitely market offerings. I've seen it even more and more. Um, it's funny that I feel like there have been more this year with Bavada uh, as an example, but I've done less. And that's just because to your point, they've just gotten way more sharp. Right. And maybe that's the, that's us that's come in and we've kind of tackled that market and now they're smarter. Um, 
they are getting more creative though for sure the books are doing things like i'm not seeing head-to-heads pop up anymore for the race until literally saturday night and yeah they pop it up for me uh you know monday tuesday wednesday uh so it's definitely interesting um I, definitely the books are getting much more sharper. And then, uh, yeah, to that point with IndyCar, I mean, this is the maximized opportunity with them. We're trying to catch them early on. And that's kind of our opportunity that we're looking into. I will say this year has been the most challenging, one of the more challenging years for me uh, that I've had doing this. Uh, even though we're still profitable, it's not been like last year or the year before for sure. Yeah. yeah. And, and, uh, we have the same question for you. Like we mentioned IndyCar, are any of the four of you any any other more sports? Is it just F1, you know, kind of take us back to the start? How'd you guys even get into F1 in the first place? Yeah, sure. So, well, we're Drive to Survive fans and we're not going to hide it. Uh, I don't care what the people Sweet. on the internet want to say. Uh, Love <laughs> I don't that. know if y'all allow swearing on this podcast. I'm but, blasting um, you on Twitter right now. <laughs> <laughs> Come after me. I don't give a fuck. Yeah. Like, we, and we, we get those comments all the time. Like if you go on our social media, look at our videos and stuff, like 90% of the time, the comments are like, you know, Americans go watch NASCAR or whatever it is. Like, you know, stick to your drive to survive. And we're like, Drive to Survive hasn't come out for this year. How are we supposed to be making Drive to Survive takes already? But, uh, <laughs> you know, it is what it is. Uh, but, yeah, we got in that way. And, you know, I think we're all at the point now where we, if we watch Drive to Survive, we still find value in it because you see a lot of behind-the-scenes stuff. Like, last year when the uh, argument that Toto had, just like the weird one, if y'all remember. Oh, and yeah. And, yeah, he's like, I- I've got it on a sheet of paper, like Sergio Perez talking about your car. It's like, you yeah. can't get that anywhere else. So, like, there is something there for for fans that are even like you know kind of over the drama to to get something out of so yeah we kind of, i started in uh the first season of drive survive that came out uh right after the 2018 season started watching 2019 by myself like on my phone you know i had like the little illegal stream with the cat in the corner i don't know if y'all have been at that stage but that was me <laughs> uh so i started there uh then find out you know f1 tv exists and then kind of from there it grew into 2021 where for me, I do like a lot of cooking and uh, I would host people for like dinner parties, that sort of thing. And so it was really easy for me to just host like a little brunch, have some friends over and then just so happen, oh, like the F1 race is on, let me just turn that on uh, while y'all are eating. And then eventually, you know, all my friends are all engineers. So, you know, there's some interest in the technical side too. Yeah. Got into it. And um, yeah, ever since then, we haven't looked back, watched, I've watched almost every race since then. I've missed a couple. I missed Belgium actually, this last race. It was the first one I missed in a while, but for the most part, yeah, kind of kept up with it. And we did start dabbling into like other motorsports here and there. Uh, you know, watching the hypercar series when that was coming out. Mm. And I feel like that might be something, I don't know how betting works for that or if there is betting for it, but that one's a really interesting series because you've got so many different car manufacturers and it seems like there's a little bit more leeway in what the design can look like. Um, I haven't been keeping up with hypercar too much now, but when it first was starting up, you know, like seeing Cadillac and Ferrari and all these other, you know, like you would never see those car companies, you know, compete. Maybe we'll see Cadillac join F1. We'll see. But um, it was really interesting for that. But yeah, since then we have kind of like, yeah, there's just so much like motorsport out there. We've kind of just stuck with F1. But it is a good point. I think IndyCar especially is probably the closest to an American sort of F1 style of racing out there that could be interesting to watch. So I think especially after hearing, I think there's some like drama with Polo and McLaren and Zach Brown being screwed over. It's good stuff. I'm a a McLaren hater. 
it's oh okay. wow <laughs> yeah i mean well i'm a daniel ricardo fan so like, oh, i'm okay, supposed okay, to okay. Yeah. yeah yeah nice yeah, yeah. he's got to hate on them then <laughs> yeah absolutely yeah absolutely. terrible team, team. but <laughs> so yeah so sounds interesting before ricardo gets too much of a sample size here was it the car or was it the driver okay i, I be think be honest be honest <laughs> i need some honesty yeah i'm a realistic daniel ricardo fan it is it's definitely partially on him you know he should have uh, I think, you know, part of being a good F1 driver is being able to switch into different teams and, and being really good with, with different cars. You know, Fernando Alonso has really illustrated that well. Um, but at the same time, too, like, I do put some on McLaren because when they signed him, they knew his driving performance, his capabilities. And so they knew what car they were going to build. They knew what he preferred in said car. And clearly something didn't work out in the math there. So I think that's one thing. Um, and you know, he's only been in a couple of races, so we have to see how much, uh, how much of that racing potential is still in him. Obviously at a very bad team right now, Alpha Tauri, they're, they're 10th in the standings, but if he finishes the season, like dusting Yuki and like is showing potential, maybe even grabs a couple of points here and there. I think that's more of an indictment on McLaren and that they don't know how to handle like a driver talent like that. And it'll be interesting to see what they do down the line. I mean, Piastri seems to be working pretty well for them, but yeah, I mean, also, who's to say, I mean, both the drivers that are doing well at McLaren right now started at McLaren. So if Lando, you know, ups and goes to another team, I want to see what happens when he gets in a different type of car that handles very differently, wasn't developed around him. So totally. that's my non-answer. <laughs> no, actually, you. but you know what? I will I'll give that one to you because I do agree. It's a little bit of both. McLaren did have their growing pains at, at some point uh, last two years, I'd say. And he did win a race. I know he kind of got lucky to win that race, but he he had some performances where he was actually really good, especially back in his Renault days. So, um, but yeah, it, it, it just wanted to say like that for sure. You got to put some of it on McLaren. Absolutely. 100%. But Danny Rick too, for sure. Yeah. But so, I do wanted to go back to that comment you made about uh, hypercars because, yes, I do follow hypercars. There's two series. You have the IMSA series, which is more local in the U United States. And then you have the WEC or the WEC, and, uh, which is Le Mans, what, uh, whatnot. And, yeah, right. Cadillac is there. Corvette's there. And you are spot on with what you just said. Uh, they do get to customize the car, kind of like in F1. There's a little bit more leniency in, the, uh, in how they develop the car but they can do a little bit more, which is definitely more entertaining. And yes, there's multiple classes. I know it's kind of hard to follow. Um, as a new motorsports fan, you would definitely be so confused. But I do highly recommend you continue to watch it. From a betting perspective, though, the only time you can bet it is actually in Le Mans right now. I've tried to request betting the any race that they've had, and the only one that they'll post is Le Mans at this point. So... Huh. Um, glad you're getting into that though. I'm, you yeah. got me, uh, you got me excited about that. <laughs> I got to figure out how to watch these races. That's the one thing. Cause you know, like that's, I think that's the issue with a lot of sports is like, especially yes. when people don't have cable, how do you watch yes. it? But WEC, like it's not being streamed on ESPN too. No, you have, also to, not gonna... like, you have to go through their site, but if I get, if I can give you any, uh, recommendations, start with IMSA series that's on okay. Peacock. And that is basically the same manufacturer. Most the manufacturers i'll say uh there are different ones like you'll have alpine and you'll have uh like some of the others 
overseas, but IMSA is very close to how they do it because now they have cars that go overseas and race in those races at, at times. So follow that, that kind of gets you into it and it's more local. And then, um, yeah, Peacock. Okay. I'll check yeah. it out. Sounds yeah, like a good recommendation. Yeah. Kind of on that topic, the one sports book that we are super bullish on, or I guess coming sports book would be grid rival. I know you guys are familiar with them. Uh, you know, you had Ross, their CEO founder on Rizzy B shout out uh, yeah. <laughs> for an episode, episode 44. Um, do you guys just play fantasy over there? You know, we're, we're like telling them all the time you should get into, you know, hypercar, any car, like anything and everything. Mm-hmm. Have you guys messed around with some of their cash DFS stuff, pick them contests, or are you guys just kind of chilling in fantasy? Uh, right now we've mostly done fantasy for us. Like we see it as an easier way to just kind of engage with fans. We try and do as much stuff as possible with fans. Like if anyone that's listening, by the way, if you, if you kind of have like a take or something about F1, or if you are like one of those people that like wants to put out, like, this is what I think is going to happen on a race weekend. We actually have like a link on our profile where you can submit like your predictions for the race and we read them live and we don't like go beforehand and like, like, you know, handpick them and like check to make sure like we read exactly what happens when it comes out. So for us, it's a live reaction whenever you hear it on our episodes. So, you know, the way we look at grid rivals is kind of the same way we get to kind of compete with some of our listeners um, and try and see who has like better wheel knowledge and prediction on, on um, you know, picking drivers. But it is really interesting. And I, I want to say I asked Ross, uh, it's been a while since I had the interview, but I want to say I did ask him a little bit about expansion. And MotoGP was the big one I think that they, they're working on or have. But IndyCar was another one I was kind of like pushing, like, hey, like that could be kind of cool, especially like y'all are saying, it seems to be growing quite a bit. So I'd love to see where it goes and um, kind of delve more into the some of the daily fantasy stuff. But I definitely need a maybe y'all can uh, release an episode kind of showing people how to do some of the daily fantasy stuff, because uh, I think it'd be interesting to see how how it actually shakes out properly. Yeah, he's he's definitely expanding. I love his uh, his app now that I've been using it for this year. It's definitely been mm-hmm. uh very very cool app and yes uh rizzy if you're listening i know you will be listening at some point get that indy car i know where the season's almost over but get it for next year for us please please <laughs> i'm begging i want to oh yeah and i want to say man who was it was it oh it was alonso so we interviewed we interviewed him it was that first race when alonso just had ridiculous points and they had to go back and like rescore and do everything because you know they like maxed the the cap value or something for him and right. um, yeah, I, I think I I had Fernando Alonso and I forgot to like like star him or turbo drive him and I was like, hey Ross, like you know if I slip you a couple bucks, here, <laughs> like can you like go back into the system and change it? Which he didn't. So you know, very. Uh, I have a confession. Yeah, yeah, he's same thing. Everybody. Oh, you tried the same thing. I messaged him. I was like, shit, I forgot to set my lineup. It was one week. <laughs> I was like, I really, it's for bragging rights. You have no, yeah, no idea. <laughs> uh no he has too much integrity so it is what it is unfortunate (laughs) unfortunate right (laughs) that's funny Um, no he's 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 a great great guy i'm glad he ignored it but uh god dang it i could have really used that weekend too (laughs) yeah it would have been nice that was the theme of the weekend aston martin signed signed both their drivers for like five races and then they were like triple Mm. in price afterwards right yeah mm-hmm. i mean they broke the market i think like yeah no one exactly was expecting what that. happened yeah yeah that's right they crashed the app yeah <laughs> oh, sh- shout out to them man it's nice to see somebody building a motorsports you know 
money app from the ground up as opposed to mm-hmm. top down coming over from like MLB or NBA or something. So love those guys. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. For sure. So for we sure. took a peek into the fifth wheel podcast F1 fantasy league. Sure. And uh, the constructor title, we have Capper and Jay from your show tied with exactly 8,351 points. Ooh. Who you got coming out on top? Ooh. So it's 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 okay. So it's Capper versus Jay Wright. <laughs> and you won't, um, you won't offend me if you go the other way, but I will not like you if you don't say my if you don't say me. Well, I'll say <laughs> this. <laughs> I think this will give you know the best perspective possible. On the board behind you, you say one more week till Alpine fail. Jay Wright is an Alpine <laughs> fan. So I'm going to have to give it to you because it's just a disaster wrapped in a burning dumpster, which is that oh, team. Oh, man. Jay, I feel for you, buddy. I have this. Oh, I'm this coming love, after him. Yeah. I <laughs> there love was... Big Cat Ocon, man. But yeah. No, they we actually had, and maybe y'all can weigh in on this. We I had it like, a, it was a big, big argument in our group chat. They were trying to make the argument that Alpine isn't a bad team. It's a mediocre team. And I'm like, no, it's a bad team. It's a bad team. And so like it's, any it's argument. terribly run. Terribly run. Yeah. I mean, I'm it shocked. was like news after news all year. And from the CEO down, yeah, it's been just a clusterfuck. Yeah, you can argue maybe they have a great uh, setup. And it's just the people running it are, are terrible right now. Absolutely terrible. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I mean. And I feel like, too, you know, so first of all, I think it's kind of a fun fact. I I think technically Esteban Ocon is the, like, longest serving, highest ranking Alpine member of that team. Like, I don't know if anyone above Mm -hmm. him has stuck around any bit longer. Maybe, like, a couple engineers here and there. Oh, wow. That's crazy. Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah. I mean, if you think about it, like, he's probably the most public anyways, highest ranking person. Um, True. Yeah. And that's, I think that's an interesting dynamic, too. Um, Gasly, you know, he was kind of expected to go in there and give him some trouble and his highest like finishes seventh this year i want to say something like that like so, that's yeah. that's well, tough let's see actually yeah, I don't even fact check on that one yeah. But. yeah no i i i mean alpine i know they i they used to be Renault, and then yeah he came in and that's the problem with them is they've constantly have turn and per- uh, they've just been churning people out constantly mm-hmm. in that organization and um they also don't they focus also in the wec too right they have they're having their issues over there as well so it's not like a just an f1 problem they've had issues really yeah so i mean maybe it's a french thing i don't know too many naps and wines yeah i was gonna say man strikes yeah (laughs) it seems like internally the people the people there want to act like they're a mediocre team and not a bad team you know like internally it seems like they're like just spinning it to look not terrible like oh we got a top seven top six finishes here we're doing good it's ridiculous yeah the illusion the one podium they have you are correct seventh is his best which was in montreal in the last three god dang 11th retired 18th oof damn he wasn't even in points or anything i mean yeah don't get me started on alpine they've screwed me this year (laughs) on a few bets and it's been disappointing i'm not gonna lie especially australia that was awful oh was that double dna oh that was our first yeah, it, yeah that was the first one <laughs> where uh, yeah, that hurt he just didn't shoulder check didn't check his mirrors just mm. so that is I have, such a pure ghastly thing 
<laughs> I have a I have a conspiracy theory about that incident actually in Australia. Um, so my my theory is this: Espen or sorry, Peter Gasly is what like one point away from getting his license taken away. I think it's one point or something like that. He has something like a like lot that. of multi points. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I think when that accident happened, if you go back and look at like how they were talking afterwards, both Alcon and Gasly are like it was a team fault. Like they both accepted like blame for it. And I think they're doing that because if you go back and look, it was kind of more Gasly's fault. And if the stewards made a, like a, a ruling on it, they might have to sit Gasly out completely. Yeah. So I have a feeling that Alcon's like low key taking some of this blame to help the team out because think about what would happen if this driver they just signed is now banned for three races. Like, totally. yeah, any other actually, driver. Yeah, that's actually a good one. I never even thought of that. Yeah. yeah. I think he's starting to first. He's starting to drop off points now. I want to say I remember it was like midway point. He would start to lose a point or two, but he just keeps crashing, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's tough. Crashly, that's what he is. Yeah, Crashly. he was he was a bag stealer before. Oh, before last joining year. Alpine. Now it's just even worse. But last anyways, year. man. So I'm hearing I'm hearing Jay is going to be too biased towards Alpine, and uh, yeah, he'll be his Capper, as a Mercedes fan, as they yeah. gradually improve, <laughs> should come out on top. Yeah. We're going to win it this year. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so our question to you, man. Yeah. Shall we put a friendly F1MG versus Fifth Wheel podcast wager on who wins this head-to-head? -head? Sure, yeah. I mean, I'm sure we can. Uh, what are you thinking? Winner of uh, that head-to-head -head gets a free ad read on the other's podcast at the end of the season. Okay. Yeah, I'm down. Let's do it. Handshake. Handshake. Deal. Virtual handshake. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Go Capper. No pressure, man. None. None. I'll just make sure I'm actually setting my lineup every week. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That'll get yeah, top of the battle. Yeah. For sure. Okay, yeah. mm -hmm. hey, man. Silly season predictions here. Who is in the second Red Bull seat next year and or the year after? And since you guys are an American show, who sure. will sit in the second seat of america's team hoss racing yeah two good questions um let me do the hoss one first because i think that i mean k-mac's gone there's there's no chance yeah. they're going to sign him again uh i think gunther's pretty much said that at this point the question is, is are they going to go for experience again or are they going to like go for a rookie and <laughs> here's the problem with hoss is that they're kind of hypocritical and they're all over the place because they signed two rookies two years ago with Mick and he who shall not be named. And then uh, they turn around <laughs> and they say, you know, that's the right direction for the team. And then you turn around like two years later, they're like, no, actually the right direction is to have two experienced drivers. So they have K-Mag and Nico Hulkenberg. So are they going to go back on their word again? And I think so. There was some talk. I don't remember his name. I have to go back and look it up. It's uh, there's a uh, junior Ferrari driver. I think he's F2 who is, uh, rumored to be maybe for that seat. And I think he's already uh, going to be driving like at a free practice session for Haas and, and is like maybe going to be doing Ferrari's tire test at the end of the year. If I can remember a name, I will get back to you on that one. Liam Lawson? I don't think it's Liam Lawson. It was hmm. He's Red else. Bull, isn't he? That guy? Yeah, I think Liam oh, Lawson's he doing Red Bull. He's doing Red Bull? Okay. Yeah. Um, so I'll have to go back and look and see um, what the name was that I was seeing kind of rumored around on, on Twitter. The European um, yes, it's guys are all yelling at us right now because nobody's getting <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I can already hear them. Yeah, we're going to get the comments. It's it's fine. I don't care. DTS Come at guys. me. <laughs> yeah, y'all don't know anything. Oliver um, Bearman? Yeah. 
Oliver Bierman? Is that right? It could be. It could be Oliver Bierman. Um, let me see if I can find Ferrari to drive. But to answer your second question, who's going to be? So um, Red Bull. Yeah, uh, that's that is the million dollar question. And the big question is going to be what happens between Yuki and Daniel. I I don't know. I have conspiracy theories that suggest it'd be Daniel because I'm a Daniel fan. Like at the end of the day, that's where it's rooted. But I don't know. I feel like Checo especially. So he has a contract till 2024, but I don't know why he'd want to stay. You know, like this isn't a Nico Rosberg, Lewis Hamilton situation where like, you know, potentially Perez could go out and beat him because I'm not seeing that consistent level, right? Like he won two races at the beginning of the year, then just dropped off and can't make it into Q3. That's not what Nico was like, you know, back in, uh, back in 2014, 2015, ahead of the 2016 season when he did go in to beat Lewis. I don't, I don't know if Checo's really got that in him. Um, I think Max is just that much of a better driver and Paris is that not as good of a driver compared to him. So I think they're going to replace him. And I think Daniel makes the most sense for these reasons. Uh, I don't know what's going to happen with penalties. You know, I don't know if they're going to get another cost cap hit or anything like that. But the I think the F1 teams kind of recognize that this is kind of like the best time to try and cap as much uh, money as possible. So uh, they want to try and do all the marketing that they can. And and Daniel, he's he's easy on the camera, right? He's easy to make money by put, put posting things. If you go back and look in 2016 to 2018 when he was there, you know, they did videos with him and Max and they just got along really well on camera. So I think it does two things for Max. One, it gives him a friend to drive next to that he like enjoys, you know, in his team. Uh, and two, I think part of Max, like, and I don't know if he really cares about this, but I'm sure the PR teams at Red Bull do just what his image is, right? Like a lot of F1 people don't like him because he won like a fake championship in 2021, you know, air quotes on that one, depending on what side of the coin you're on. And then 2022, he won, but they had cost cap, you know, kind of question marks around their team. So there are a lot of like sort of like asterisks and stuff. And I think that the easiest way for them to make him better is to add Daniel as like the driver next to him. So that's one. Two, I think I think Red Bull really likes just their former drivers. I feel like they probably would have given Seb a chance if Seb really wanted to come back and they knew that Perez would have dropped off as much as he currently has. I don't think it's a stretch to say they would have liked to see Seb in that seat for a year just for the publicity. Because there's really nothing else for them, right? Like, they're so much faster. They could probably take this car undeveloped into 2024 and still be ahead of the rest of the pack or at least be competitive with the pack. So if we're looking to the future, for them, it's not even like a performance thing. It's like a what would be very interesting. And then you have to factor in the fact that I think driver Daniel is actually a really good driver, like underneath that. I mean, he did beat Seb in 2014. You know, we have evidence throughout the turbo hybrid era that he was always a problem you know lewis has come out and said you know whenever you saw either max or daniel in the rearview mirrors it was a bad day and you know a lot of the wins i think he has outside of mercedes drivers and maybe seb daniel has the most wins of the turbo hybrid era right just taking red bull out there so he has a lot of potential performance and you know helmet marco and them they know when they see talent and i don't think they loved seeing you know, McLaren treat him the way he did or what happened at McLaren. So for those reasons, I think it's that. And I don't know if they're going to keep Yuki. I feel like Yuki's going to try and go over to Aston anyways, because they're going to be going to Honda. So yeah, long-term like play makes Daniel. Yeah. Yuki seems like a Honda sponsored guy kind of thing. 
I don't like. I don't think he's a bad driver. I think no, he's a no, really good. Yeah, I think he's a decent driver. But yeah, I think it is more connected with the fact that he is. I mean, he got that seat because he was with Honda, right? Like he yeah. wouldn't have been in F one without it. So yeah, yeah. I think those are all fair takes. Um, whether it plays out next year or the year after. Yeah, yeah. Ricardo has eight wins, eight wins. So yeah, he has. I mean, that's pretty good for F one. Just yeah. to get one is hard. Absolutely. And again, too, like this is during a very yeah. dominant Mercedes period that was oh, yeah. only occasionally challenged by Ferrari. So, and it had that, you know, Renault engine that was blowing up every other race. So, yeah. 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 And, you know, that's when I was really into the thick of things with F1 was during that era. That's actually a big reason why I was a Mercedes fan is I didn't actually like Vettel. Uh, <laughs> hated him. And I respect him now, of course. That's fair. Yeah, that's fair. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So this is kind of in line with the Perez Ricardo discussion. We got some futures bets for you to weigh in on. Obviously, it's a couple more weeks till the next race. We don't have any lines except outright max at minus three fifty. So we went into the <laughs> yeah. futures pool to get your thoughts here. The first one is winner without Max Verstappen for the season. Perez is priced at minus four hundred. Everyone else starts at plus two twenty five range. First question: Has Andrew backed up the Brink truck on Perez minus four hundred? Is that a free three month, 25% ROI or does anyone else have a shot? Um, I'm looking at the standings right now. So Perez is 40 points ahead of Fernando Alonso. Um, I think realistically, I don't know. Lewis Hamilton's right behind Fernando by one point. Both the teams are getting better. Aspen's kind of had a dip recently. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I don't think Perez is going to hold on to second place. I don't think he is. It's going to be just like last season where, you know, Leclerc came in. I think it was the last race of the season and pipped him. So, yeah, um, you gave some some uh, some language I don't quite know in, in the betting world. But the <laughs> I long, will long simplify of it this for you. Are you <laughs> wanting to win double your money or are you willing to put double your money up to win less? Uh, okay. Uh, Probably the second one. Yeah, I, I just don't think this is gonna work. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's he's definitely. Uh, I kind of dig that though. I, I I really do. I mean, Perez hasn't been like a shoe in this entire time, and we have McLaren coming out of nowhere, and you still have Aston Martin. We don't know what to expect. Of the what we're in the last half of the season, last quarter of the season. Right. Uh, I mean, it's fair. I mean, like you said, Ferrari can just come out and all of a sudden start dominating Mercedes. Anyone. Uh, it's going to be but, Lewis if anyone does it. Yeah. Mc, I, McLaren's I, I, emergence might actually save Checo just because Lewis will be fighting for yeah. second to sixth with, with like three or four teams every race. It's probably his only saving grace. Is Like if it was left up to Ferrari and Alpine, well, it'd be Mercedes right behind him, right? But now we got Norris and Piastri. Uh, right you know breaking up the george and lewis second row that's true that's true kind of taking up those points there so mm-hmm. yeah i mean i don't know if alonso is gonna be able to take it just because aston has had that like form kind of i don't know what the issue has mm-hmm. been i think they have like a bad upgrade and they're supposed to bring another one they'll fix it or something like that but mercedes seems to be the one that has had the more consistent improvement over the season so i think that's a good take i think lewis Lewis versus Perez is what we're looking at for the future. And my money's on Lewis. And if, if history has told us anything last year was the same thing. They had a disaster of a car and all they did was improve just race after race, after race, after race. Mm-hmm. They asked Martin, same exact thing. 
they actually had moments of where they were shining, but they were very track specific. And I think that's, we can blame this upgrade that they had in Canada all you want, but they're kind of at the same place that they were last year. So, um, and we'll see what McLaren actually is. Uh, who knows? Sure. This Are there? This... Go ahead. Sorry. I was going to ask you a question. So I, I don't have the odds in front of me. Maybe I'll know, but what are the odds of just a non-Red Bull win right now? Like like any team, like just anyone. Hmm. Is there? Like, well, there what? you go. We got that for you, buddy. Oh, you've got it. All right. Yeah. Good question, man. So so driver to win a race, any race, doesn't matter which one. Norris, Hamilton, and Russell are all around two plus two hundred, so two to one. Okay. Leclerc is plus three hundred, so three to one. Alonso plus three fifty, so it's like three and a half to one. And then. The one that I might sprinkle a little bit on is Piastri plus 2,500. So you put down $100 and you win 25 times that, 2,500. Or even $10 turns into, what is that, 250? Yeah. So wow. are you taking any of these? Or are you donating money? I would... You bet them. <laughs> uh, the Piastri one is really compelling. I would probably take that one. He, I mean, his his... Now, I don't think he'd be winning just on pace. Like, I don't think it's like a thing where he qualifies on pole and like drives to the victory. I think it'd be a combination of like, you know, rain in the last sector and then Hannah Schmitz decides to not pay attention or something and, and Red Bull strategy decides to not do what they're supposed to do. And, you know, shuffled order, Piastri's on the top. And that would also be very funny because uh, having Lando lose to both of his teammates in the fight to get a win is just, <laughs> yeah, that'd be pretty hilarious, right? Like, I mean, come on. You know, he lost to Daniel. Now he's going to lose to to Piastri. So that's, that's that'll be interesting. And I think that that one is, like, very compelling. Oh, the other one he said, too, Fernando Alonso, I think that's really interesting that he's he said he was plus 350 now. Is that right? Yep. yep. So that's really interesting because I'm sure that that's changed so much since the beginning of the season from the first race where he was probably – neck and neck with max right like i mean the guy was on the radio saying guys this is a lovely car to drive like who the hell says that no one's ever said that in the history of f1 <laughs> so you know it's i think that that's a bit of a surprise and even though i'm kind of fading out their their potential performance i don't know if you can fade out fernando alonso himself you know the the reason why i don't think that that team is maybe going to be second in the championship is because of lance not because of fernando and you know, if th- a couple of things go that way, plus 350 for for Fernando sounds really, really enticing, I think. Ooh. It was so sad he didn't that one. <laughs> so sad he didn't win Monaco, hey? That was like... <laughs> okay. He should have won that too, dude. He yeah. should have won that. That yeah. is unfortunate. It breaks even, everyone's hearts. Even Max was a little bit sad, you know? Yeah, yeah it's like, like, please fight me, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Everyone wanted Alonso to win. Yeah. Okay, man. Speaking of Alonzo, last question. We've talked about both these teams. Constructor head to head. McLaren is actually the favorite, minus one thirty eight, and Aston Martin is at even money. Mm-hmm. But Aston Martin is at one ninety six to one hundred and three um, currently in the constructor standings. Sure. So ten races to go. Three ten races plus three sprints. Can McLaren pull off the comeback? No, <laughs> I'll tell you why. Oh, so all right. this. Like, okay, I, I actually have a bone to pick with the F1 community about this because if you'd said this six months ago, but substitute Aston Martin in, it would be what, what is currently going on. Like, like people said the same thing about Aston Martin. Like, they were going to come in and they were going to be challenging Red Bull. That's what everyone thought for the first half of the season, and then they didn't. 
Okay. Yeah. Now McLaren comes in halfway through the season after having a terrible, shitty first half of the season. Like they were nowhere, you know, and they found this performance. That's great. But we don't know if that's going to last the full season, right? We also are discounting the fact that you have a Mercedes that is getting better over, you know, every race weekend, more or less, you know, I know Total Wolf said that's a bad car, like, please keep driving in, but I don't think that's necessarily true. So, yeah, I don't, I don't think that McLaren's going to be able to pull that comeback. I don't know what their points are. Let me see if I can pull up their standings for constructors real quick. I have the 103, 103 to 196. They're like a ways mm-hmm. back. Yeah. Mm. So you have to, I mean, I know Lance is like dragging that team down, but even if Alonso scores points in every race for the rest of the season. But don't forget, there's have... Lance Stroll. You got Lance Stroll <laughs> on that team. <laughs> yeah, and, and Lance, you know, he could do anything. He could go bowling. I don't know. Like it, it, anything could happen with Lance except for getting points consistently. So yeah, it's, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'd look, I, I'll, I'll call it as it is. But the point is, is that it's less about, McLaren's long-term performance like sure maybe they have a fast car and they're going to be up there the fact is is you still have Mercedes and Ferrari who are consistently in the points as well also competing against you I mean Leclerc got pole like two races ago now I'm a Ferrari fan and I'm in pain so you know it is what it is but like I don't think that with that big of a gap you could make that comeback so yeah Yeah. McLaren I'm fading them out you know you heard it here first I, I I don't believe the hype I like that, man. No, I think it's it's going to be a sweat, but yeah, yeah, yeah. you absolutely you are absolutely true, though. And I think this this happens in all sports overreaction. It yeah. always happens, right? It's it's easy to just say see what's in, what's in front of you, right, and not actually mm-hmm. peel back the curtains a little bit and actually see what's actually happening. So it's easy to do that. But just very quickly, Stroll actually has had points in eight of the, what are we, 12, 13 races we're in? 13 um, down. Though. Yep. 13 yeah. down. Maybe uh, maybe he does. Maybe maybe uh, Aston Martin does pull this off, man. Maybe we should bet that. Yeah, I, I mean, again. I'll do it if you do it. I'll do it if you do it. <laughs> yeah. You know, Doug is our, our resident Aston fan, so he's probably loving this. Um I, I, yeah, I, maybe Lance will, you know, scoot in and take like 10th place in every race at the very least and get some points to help. Fernando will be up there, you know, challenging people, but I think it's possible, but I don't know how much of it's going to be from pace and how much of it's going to be from like other teams that are going to be coming in and, exactly. you know, kind of giving them some trouble. So yeah. we'll have to see. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. That's an interesting one. So yeah. I think, yeah, Red, Red Bull, Mercedes, Ferrari, I think should all beat Aston Martin. Is that fair? Just because of how hard Aston's fading, and then it'll come down to where McLaren can catch just because they got so much work to do. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Rebel definitely. Uh, Mercedes probably. Ferrari, it's neck and neck. I hate to say it, but it is true. I think, you know, even if they have the pace, which I've also seen charts that suggest that the Ferrari car is the second fastest car on the grid, and I don't know where that those numbers are coming from. But, you know, even accounting for Ferrari uh, incompetence, I still think that... <laughs> It will be enough to at least bottle up McLaren. Uh, Ferrari will finish in the top four. I don't think McLaren's going to overtake them, but uh, yeah. I said that, so it probably will happen. <laughs> It'll be over <laughs> with. Sounds, yeah, man. I hear you. That sounds familiar. Um, all right, so we're kind of shifting gears now to more more so to the fifth wheel pod. Uh, sure. As I mentioned, you guys, you know, you've only been at it since last March, but I know you, you guys work your bags off. You're all grinding hard on the social media content. What has been your favorite social media moment so far? Oh, that's a good question. Um, 
in terms of one moment, uh, it'd probably have to be in one of the Twitter spaces. I like I go in there and I just don't really like like it's usually a lot of people from like Europe and stuff, especially. And I remember there was one last year. So I was uh, I was living in New York and I, I remember watching the race and I was so disgusted with what Ferrari had done. I don't know what race it was, but by describing it as disgusted by Ferrari's performance, it could be any of them. Um, you know, I was so disgusted. I remember I was sitting in like Central Park because I needed to walk it off. And I found like a Twitter space and they were talking about how we should be understanding of like the team and like they'd messed up strategy. And I got in, I got out like in their faces. I was like, like, no, like Mattia Bonotto needs to put the hammer down and he needs to get rid of Inaki Ryuta. And like, I remember we made a video and it's out there of us like spelling his name out like individual letters we tracked down what school he went to yeah (laughs) Yeah. like (laughs) we were calling all of them dunces i don't care like mechanical engineers and this wasn't captured in the video that we posted we all were mechanical engineers we all graduated as engineers we're calling ourselves idiots for doing something related to inaki ryuta like god forbid so i'd say probably that was one of my favorite moments was calling that guy out and oh man when he got demoted i think is what it was i think it was matia bonona's last act um, I guess he used the last bit of his, you know, political capital to get it done. So thank you, Mattia, for that. I never thought I'd say it, but yeah, yeah that was a proud moment. But Zavi's next, so I'd, I'd say that's probably one of my favorite moments there. And then also just reading our comments. If y'all ever, you know, feeling down and out, just go read our comments. They're hilarious. It's just you know people with crooked teeth in England trying to tell us that we don't know what we're talking about, which is probably <laughs> true. But it's yeah. hey, no, no, <laughs> you have to you have to be old in order to be able to speak F one. You know, old yeah. and Brit. That's it. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. You're neither. No will knowledge otherwise. Yeah. You're you're neither. You're DTS. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. We're we're bottom tier, like stupid Americans. Yeah. So (laughs) those are fun. What about y'all? I want to ask, what's y'all's favorite uh, interaction? Ooh, that. That's a good one. I didn't need, I didn't expect that one to come back to you. Yeah. God. uh, Man, I don't. I think the. I would, if you want me to be completely transparent, was actually, I think it was your spaces or someone else's spaces, but I believe it was your spaces. Okay. And this is early, early on last year. I came in and I just started slamming Charles Leclerc. There it is. I was like, I was like, I'm going to be that guy and I'm going to start this trend. And not to start the trend, just to start it, but just because everyone just kept crowning him as this max for stappen i'm like what has he proven he hasn't proven shit and all he's done is is, and i've been watching for a while too and he just wrecks he just wrecks all the time (laughs) and i kind of you know was sweating it a little bit because he was doing okay in the beginning of 2022 but then yeah he he came out and he was showing his true colors and it look look now right so i think that's my favorite moment because it's just like a good moment where i can sit back and say Oh yeah, Capper's right. <laughs> that was yeah, my favorite tough. moment too. That was that was like <laughs> he was early on the Leclerc hate. I feel like Leclerc might have even still been oh, ahead of Max him. and like just starting to choke last year. Yeah, yeah. And I think I got. Like, I took. I took heat, about, man. Yeah, and I took heat in yeah. the beginning. They're all like, "Who the f- is this guy? This Capper dude? Yeah, you are capping, You know. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. As as a as a Leclerc fan, that hurts. I, mean, I know, you're not, I know. <laughs> you're not. I you're came not in wrong, hard <laughs> in the paint too, and you guys are probably like, who the, who is this clown? <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's nice. It's a nice little break, you know. Whenever, especially because you get a lot of people that are just like. 
they just talk about Mercedes or they just talk about Lewis. And I'm like, there are other drivers. Like, let's, oh, let's, you know, open the conversation I up a little tell bit. You this. I'm equal opportunist. I will also, I will dig into my own Mercedes people too, right? I will dig into Russell and Hamilton. And that's what I love about the things that we do and like spaces and podcasts. And uh, this whole journey on social media has been pretty entertaining. But there are some people, though, I will, Jesus, they take it seriously, like really yeah. serious. No, we, we catch hate all the time from people, you know, like we'll say something wrong on the line, like on, on air or something. And like people will come after us We're like, all right, like, yeah. sorry, <laughs> but you know, it is what it is. We're going to keep yeah. going with it. So, yeah, you just we're going to hear slack. those people. We're going to get slack yeah. from the from the Brits because that. um Oh yeah, that F two Haas candidate is is from England, of course. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah all, Oliver Beerman's the name. Yeah. I remember uh, he had an odd name, and I was like, okay, I couldn't remember what it was. Like, Oliver Beerman, supposedly, maybe we'll see. All, all we year. have to do is just is just post our winning slips, man. That's it. We just we'll just post our receipts. We know what we're talking about. That's it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, just show them in dollars, not even in, yeah. no. Actually, convert to pounds just to show them what, <laughs> what it's really about. <laughs> yeah we should do that <laughs> that's awesome man um really appreciate you coming on with us today you know just kind of the the general toss-up questions the softballs if you will um you know anything our audience needs to know about you guys where can people find you all the all the generic questions coming at you to, to round it out here sure absolutely so uh we are the fifth wheel podcast um you can spell out fifth uh, F-I-F-T-H, if you don't know how, but we are available on all platforms. So Spotify, Apple Podcast. Um, there's a couple others that I don't even remember the names of. Uh, I think Overcast is one. Like, I don't know who's using that, but if you're using it, you can find us there. Uh, you can also follow us on Twitter, on Instagram, or x.com, whatever you want to use. Uh, all of us are under the Fifth Wheel Podcast banner, so you can follow us there. We do pretty good about trying to include y'all's voices, too. So if you have a burning take or, or an opinion of how a race is going to go, be sure to submit to our submission form. We have it linked on all of our link trees, so you can go in. Tell us what you think, and we'll read it out live on air. So uh, it's a lot of fun. Come join us. Um, maybe a little bit less on the betting side, but more on the humor side. So if you've lost a lot of money and you need a laugh, come join us. We'll be happy <laughs> to have you. <laughs> I'm That's sure awesome. there will be a race or two where we need that. Uh, we call it the mm -hmm. cool down room. We used to have a cool yeah. down room in our Discord specifically for that. When Gasly, oh, really? <laughs> Gasly blows That's your smart. bets. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Gasly is the culprit of that one for sure. Ah. Uh. Yeah. Well, he won't be seeing the cooldown remain time soon anyways. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. Amen to that. Okay, man. We'll, of course, we'll link it all up in the show notes, all that good stuff. I, I may or may not have submitted a weekly prediction form live while we were recording this. So oh. make sure that one's at the top of the stack when you pull them out next episode. We'll have it read out. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see what you said. Sweet. Yeah. Thank you so much for your time, man. Really appreciate you coming on. It was great. Keep up the good work. You guys, you know, you're just so consistent. I know you guys work hard and just keep growing that audience and uh, we'll see you around the socials. I appreciate it, man. Thank you so much. Y'all are doing great work too. Everyone join the discord. It's, it's, it's a lot of fun. <laughs>